The following is paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. I'm your host, Jeff Horvitz. This week, we'll discuss some industries poised for potential big changes in the next five years. We'll talk about the real estate market as well and some advice for investors as we get deeper into 2022. Glenn Least is a senior investment advisor with WT Wealth Management. You can learn more about Glenn by going to WTWealthManagement.com or by calling 928-225-2474. Glenn, welcome back and hope you had a a great week. Yeah, absolutely. All right. uh, What impact do you think the rising interest rates will have uh, on our economy going forward? And what has history shown us the, in the previous years when rates have risen, assu- assuming that rates will rise? Yeah, and I think that's a pretty safe assumption. It's not uh, if, it's when and how fast the rates will rise. But his, history has historically shown us, I'm looking at a chart here over the last uh, five interest raises that you know four out of every five times the market was positive after they raised interest rates and sometimes by an average of around 15 to 20 percent per year as they go through that rate raising cycle now what that doesn't say is that it'll be a perfect smooth transition all the way up it I think there could be some bumpiness in the market as they as they raise rates and as we get adjusted to that so I think investors for this year just need to kick keep that in the back of their mind that as the market and as companies get used to higher rates, we just have to know that there could be some potential volatility in the market and that's okay. Uh, the best way to combat volatility is to um, stay the course and turn off the TV. Don't check your account and just, you know, not, you know, tell yourself I'm not doing anything for a whole year or two years. I'm going to stay the course and not make any radical adjustments. So I definitely think that there could be some bumpiness, but history has shown us that the markets usually tend to do well after a rate uh, rising cycle. It might be healthier to turn it off just for general health too. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, go watch Cobra Kai or go watch Mandalorian or Bubba Fett or something, but you don't need to watch the, you know, the MSNBC all the time. I mean, that's what you pay us to do is to watch all that for you. So, and the fed came out and talked about possibly raising them as early as March. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess nobody has a crystal ball, but do you think that's feasible? That's tentatively when they're say they're going to do the first rate uh, rising, but with the markets, how they've been in January, they may want to kick that down the road, you know, another quarter, they may not. I mean, the Fed's in a tough spot because they want to, their main mandate is to stabilize employment and stabilize inflation. But at the same time, if you were to add like a third tier under that, it's going to be make sure they don't crash the markets too, because they're not supposed to be a political entity, but you better believe they have pressure if they've caused or they spurred on a recession that they're going to get, you know, a, a call from the big guy, you know, saying, Hey, what did you do to the markets? I'm trying to run for real election and you're making me look bad sort of thing. So I think they're just in a tough spot. So tentatively March, but if the markets keep having a tough time, they may postpone it or do it later in the year. It's hard to say, but if you're asked, uh, you know, if I had a crystal ball, what I think they're going to do, I know that they need to raise rates. It's just how fast and how quickly they're going to do it and when. So I want to get into housing, but has the market priced some 
some of this in already, mm-hmm. Glenn, as yeah, far yeah, as, yeah. like, they assume the rate's coming. So yeah, yeah. Thing. So they always, the market's always future-looking. So as soon as they announce they're going to raise it four times, they immediately have already priced that in. And so if anything comes up where that's not what happens, so say they say we're not going to raise rates four times, we're only going to do it three times, we are going to skip that March one, the market would adjust and take that information into account when they announce that. Um, so basically, the game plan is four rate cuts and less otherwise, you know, reported. So uh, as far as the real estate market goes, um, you know, I was just down in Phoenix the other day and my, my buddy had just bought a brand, he had bought a house and then moved into another house and it was this beautiful house and, and Phoenix. It was like 4,500 square feet and it had like a half an acre, an acre. And he was telling me that his house had, you know, increased in value like 25% in the last year, year and a half. And he's got grand plans of, you know, moving into a bigger place and and doing that sort of thing. So when you talk about raising rates, one thing that will happen is it costs more money to borrow. So if you are borrowing money on a mortgage, you know, the difference between 3% and 4% is quite a bit as far as your monthly payment. So if they raise it a full 1%, it may discourage some people um, from buying a bigger house, but will it stop them from buying a house altogether? Probably not. I mean, that, I don't think that's realistic, but uh, you talk about the Arizona market, we may see certain sectors of the real estate market really flourish as uh, Arizona has seen a massive inflow from uh, out-of-state residents wanting to live here for the just the difference in you know states. It's a more favorable place to live than maybe other places, in my opinion, So, uh, which is why I moved here. So I think you may see the housing market cool off a little bit. Um, but I don't think we're going to see it completely slow down. Um, but it may just, you know, not grow quite as fast, if that makes sense. Again, no crystal balls, yeah. but you don't see an eight, nine, 10 style thing where there's much more, no. you don't see this no, as no, speculative. No, because no, no, no. no. like boots on the ground. Like I talk to clients, I talk to people and I say, Hey, you're in the real estate realm. What, what are you seeing people do? Are they doing the ninja loans like they used to do? No income, no job sort of thing. And they wouldn't even ask for verification. Cause that's what was happening in 2008. Like you could just go get a loan and they, they checked a pulse. Yeah. yeah they checked a pulse. <laughs> it was, I, I wasn't young enough or old enough to, you know, um, be, you know, getting a loan at the time. Um, but a lot of people told me that's what it was like. So, um, they're getting high, highly leveraged and buying more house. And there's this assumption that the market was always going to go up and housing was always going to increase. And so now what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing boosting the ground is people aren't borrowing like they, they were, even though money's cheap, a lot of times they're paying cash, you know, so they have made a lot of money on their house or they're moving from out of state so they can buy this next property and pay mostly cash for it. So there's not this high level of leverage and they're not doing the CDOs and all the different instruments that got us in trouble on that before as far as the on the Wall Street side. So no, I don't think we're in the same scenario. Uh, I think we're in a much healthier scenario as far as the leverage goes and the borrowing. Um, so that, that part leads me to believe that I don't think that will happen in the same way that it did before. We're talking with Glenn Least of WT Wealth Management. Call Glenn Least at 928-225-2474. There's no obligation. That's 928-225-2474. Or you can visit Glenn by going to WTWealthManagement.com. Glenn, you're you're an optimist. You've mentioned yeah. this many times. Um, what are some of the positive things? I think we get caught up in the negative all the time. What are some of the positive things you see ahead as, as 22 continues in the, in the market? Uh, 
I, well, I'm hopeful. For, I'm hopeful for the summertime. I really want to get out and uh, spend some more time outside. Um, but along with that is, I, I'm hopeful that people are going to go out and travel more. Mm. Um, I think as we are coming up on almost two years of this whole ordeal, I think people are just fatigued and done and ready to get back to life pre-pandemic. And so, I'm really optimistic that a lot more people are going to be able to check their their fears at the door, if you if that makes sense, and and you know, enjoy life and maybe the entire pandemic is, is done and over with and we've got it under control. So I'm really optimistic that that happens for this year. Um, especially with this latest, uh, variant of Omicron, it seemed like that one, um, a lot of people, if they hadn't got it, did get that. And it was by all, uh, measures, it seemed like it was less intense and less deadly, but more infectious. So, um, hopefully, you know, that, uh, gives us the last little bit of immunity that we need naturally, or there's, you know, people have gotten vaccinated, so we're good and we're ready to just um, move go move on. So that's what I'm optimistic about. And that travel, um, I'm optimistic about, you know, the economy getting back, people getting back to work too, uh, especially as the pandemic hopefully subsides. Uh, maybe more people will be back out in the workforce and the job markets will start to uh, strengthen more. So there's a lot that I'm optimistic about. Um, it is a midterm election year too as well. So that's always interesting. So we'll see how that pans out in November. Um, that part, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> enjoy all the political ads, you know, but I don't have cable TV, but there seems like they're everywhere. So that part I'm not as excited about is just in general. I just, you know, don't like the the campaign season. Cause it's just like, everyone tells you, you know, every two seconds there's a, there's an ad, but overall I think there's a lot of great news on the horizon. Um, and not a lot of negative news. Do you think people, is this a domestic traveling? Because that's what I I've noticed the past couple of years is people were traveling domestically and there's the VRBOs, there was the Airbnbs, there was the RVs and things like that. Or do you think yeah. there's a return of the international travel where people are coming over from Europe and Asia and, and people from here are going over there? Do you, do you think that returns or is it all above? What, what do you think? Um, I think I can talk about me personally. So I had a trip planned to Israel for this year, actually March, but that was, uh, last year. And we actually had to cancel it because, uh, for a number of reasons, it just wasn't the right time to travel. So, um, me personally, I would love to do some international travel. I mean, what's the point of working hard if you don't get to enjoy your time with the family. So I'm looking to do some more international travel, but the caveat is, um, you know, I, I want to be able to travel somewhere and have it be a good experience and not have to worry about, am I going to get stuck in this country or do I have to quarantine for X amount of days? I want to be able to go and just visit these places. And so my optimism is hopefully some of these nations start repealing and getting a little less restrictive with their travel um, regulations. I think it was, was it the UK, you know, made some recent changes mm-hmm. lately and they just Pretty much said, said they were getting rid of everything. Yeah. 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 So yeah. M- maybe other countries follow suit. I know Israel was Israel's one that been I strict. To, yeah, yeah. They've been strict. So that's, that's, that is unfortunate. So um, I think there's a lot of domestic travel, you know, that was happening. Um, and then hopefully the international travel starts opening back up. You know, we live in the Grand Canyon state. So a lot of Flagstaff is, uh, boosted by international tourism. So that'd be nice to have some more international, uh, travel, come back to Arizona and, and have those back up to pre pandemic. It has numbers. been interesting to go to some of our state's national parks. And usually you see a lot of foreign travelers. And for the past two years you go and you can tell it's, it's people traveling domestically. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I've been terrible about traveling in the last two years. I've been kind of just knee deep in work. So, yeah. um, I don't know what it's like going to the grand Canyon recently, but I'll have to take your word. Yeah, for it. yeah. exactly. All right. Um, re- sticking with the optimism side of this, Glenn, yeah. uh, particular industries looking ahead, you're looking ahead at maybe 
industries that are positioned to radically change the, the world, I guess, in the next five years. What, what, are you, what are you talking about there? Yeah, so there's a couple things that I think are going to change in our world. Uh, one of them is going to be probably the metaverse. And we've been hearing a lot about that, but hear me out on this one. So um, am I going to be wearing a metaverse goggles and walking around the street, you know, looking at advertisements and matrix style people that don't exist? Probably not. I'm not going to be doing that. But um, this is virtual reality, virtual reality. Okay. So, it's, right. <laughs> so, you know, what I'm talking about, but yeah. that was the idea is like you put on the goggles and you're walking down the street and you can see all sorts of information and advertisers can put a fake person there wearing Nike shoes or whatever, telling you to buy Starbucks. That part, uh, you know, I'm not so excited about. But what about applications for the metaverse for, like, education? Um, That's something I think really can uh, change quite a bit. So uh, you're in the classroom. You're learning about ancient Egypt. It's obviously not practical to go visit ancient Egypt, you know, or go to visit Egypt, you know, internationally for a field trip. But what happens if you put the goggles on? You can go experience the whole world and, uh, you know, experience that in the classroom setting uh, or training for a job. Maybe you're, you're, you're trying to learn a job and you're remote and they need to get some hands-on training. And this is a great way to do that temporarily. So I think there's a lot of applications in the, the metaverse industry. I'm really excited about that. Uh, What was that one? The movie where, the guy plugs into the matrix and Keanu Reeves says, I, I, now I know Kung Fu. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Download that, it. And <laughs> download it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but uh, it is exciting to me um, as far as that being a change in, in some new technologies. The other thing that I think may uh, radically change is going to be the transportation industry. So uh, specifically uh, the uh, trucking industry. So right now we're seeing massive shortages uh, in, in truckers and there's a number of reasons for that. But maybe that's the catalyst for what autonomous driving really needs to kick it into high gear to really kind of perfect their technology to make it more safer, you know, more comfort level for people seeing, you know, autonomous drivers on the, on the road. So I think that that industry is going to see some radical change over the next four to five years. Um, right now, I still like the fact that there's a human driving the truck. Uh, but in five years, if the technology gets better, I'm not opposed to, you know, seeing autonomous driving vehicles on the road. Or maybe it's you order your Uber or your Grubhub and the little drone, you know, flies the the thing of food onto your your uh your residence or drops off an Amazon package or your Uber driver, you know, car just picks you up and, and drops you off. Um, and I think a lot of companies are experimenting that. I think Walmart's even kind of diving into that driverless vehicle technology. So I think those are going to be things that we're really going to see over the next five years. And then we, we talk about this a lot, but <clears throat> I think cryptocurrencies, I think that is an area that we may see uh, really changing over the next five to six years. And maybe in five years from now, I mean, it's actually, I, I had a friend that was texting me the other day. And he was like, oh, what should I do? I'm kind of interested in cryptocurrencies. How do I get started? And it was two clicks on my phone. I you know, put in his phone number and then I sent him some cryptocurrency. And I was like, wow, that was really easy to send money that simply. He didn't even need to have an account set up. It just sent him the money. He clicked on the link and then he could go through the prompts and get the, the cryptocurrency that I sent him. So I think that technology is going to get better and more equitable. I mean, Bitcoin itself is really not a good technology for fast transactions. It's really just a store of currency, but there's a lot of new currencies that are coming out, cryptocurrencies that are a little bit more faster, that are more meant to be kind of like your Visa debit card, like a lot of transactions simultaneously sort of thing. So I think those industries are really poised to see some uh, revolutions and some changes for the better, hopefully. It's an amazing time we live in. Some of the biggest advances we may be seeing. Yeah. yeah, And and I've always liked science fiction movies because they kind of 
show you what the technology is and how to use it for good and then how it can be used maliciously. So I think with all technologies, there's always the conversation of how do we use this to make sure it's bettering our lives and not making us, you know, worse off, you know, not making us, you know, our lives, you know, uh, less fun or less, uh, profitable or less uh, healthy sort of thing too. So I think with all technologies, we just have to look at that and make sure. And, and hopefully we have those conversations, even with the metaverse or autonomous driving or cryptocurrencies that we're making sure that we're implementing these technologies in a way that is good for us. We're talking with Glenn Least of WT Wealth Management. Call Glenn Least at 928-225-2474. There's no obligation. That's 928-225-2474. Or you can visit Glenn by going to WTWealthManagement.com. Glenn, how do you help clients navigate the risk-reward trade-off? Isn't that challenging in this environment, especially with kind of the volatility you've seen lately? Yeah, there's that... um I think that wise man once said, uh, if you want the biscuit, you got to risk it. <laughs> All joking aside, though, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, when I talk with clients, there is that very real reality that in order for us to get returns, we have to take some risk. And there's really no way around it. There's there's not a risk-free, guaranteed, we're going to get 8% return kind of product out there. There just there isn't. And if places tell you there is, there's probably – you know, high costs in order to do that. So uh, a lot of times when I'm talking with clients, it's, it's helping them really understand. And when you talk about companies that you and I use all the time, a lot of times I say, well, okay, let's look at Apple, you know, a company like Apple. Do we really think Apple's going to go out of business in a couple of years? Well, no, probably not. I mean, in fact, they're going to be probably, you know, around for, for a very long time because they just keep innovating, keep getting better and better and better. So really, if we invested money in Apple as part of our portfolio, um, what is the risk there? I mean, maybe we should use the term volatility because yeah, Apple could move around in price. They create an iPhone and the newest iPhone doesn't work well, or you wear the watch and the watch electrocutes you or something or something bad happens. And those are all possibilities. I mean, you know, no, no technology is perfect, but the company may have a bad quarter, but yeah. overall, if we were to look at it and say, I still think this is a good company that's going to continue to innovate and be part of our daily life and they're not going anywhere. So sometimes the, the conversation is really just, what does that word risk really mean? Cause I think people hear that word risk and they think it can go to zero. And that's some people's mind think of stocks that go, Oh, stocks, you know, are super risky. And the, the follow-up question is, well, it depends on what stock we have. Cause if it's Apple or if it's some sort of startup biotech companies, those are two very different things. So when we're talking about risk, we really need to be looking at what we're investing in and quantifying and, and managing risk. And, and sometimes the best way to manage, manage risk is to understand what we're investing in, having the right time horizon and to be well diversified. Um, but there is that risk reward potential, uh, we, we all want to have great returns, but in order to have great returns, we have to be willing to uh, stomach a little bit of volatility in the markets. Um, and if you're not okay with volatility, that's okay. We just have to be willing to accept lower returns um, for that. Glenn, what's, uh, let's finish up with this today. I mean, what do you think the best piece of advice you can give people as we get deeper into 2022 here, going forward in 2022, best advice going forward? Um. I always tell people this this too shall pass, that nothing is permanent and as tough as seem, things seem, um, we still live in America. You know, we still have a great economy. Uh, you know, there's still capitalism and the free market. And so um, some of the best advice I can give people is um, sometimes the best decision when it comes to 
making changes to the portfolios is no decision, right? Let's just stay the course, uh, especially if we're investing in great quality companies. Um, you know, these companies are going to rebound and do well and be profitable years on the road. And so, um, helping people really, uh, make sure they're making the best decisions for themselves and not being, uh, because we're all human and there's emotions in what in this, in this world. And, and I realize that, uh, I'm managing, you know, sometimes people's entire life savings. And so, you know, I don't take it lightly. I understand the, the weight of it, but at the same time, I also have to be very pragmatic and, and, uh, say, okay, here's, you know, what we need to do to be successful. And I understand it's difficult. I understand, you know, when there's tough times, I almost think, well, maybe I should have like a, uh, policy, you know, I'm sure the, the firm wouldn't allow this policy, but it's a, let's go get a beer first before we make any decision kind of policy. And let's, cause I understand you're frustrated or, you know, let's go and let's just, uh, let's have some way to vent this, you know, frustration. Cause I lighten get it. it up. Yeah. Lighten it up. Um, because long-term, uh, we, we just want to make sure that we're making good decisions for ourselves and checking our humanity. Um, you know, keeping in check is, is difficult. And that's where sometimes having us in, in, in your corner is really helpful to make sure that you can be successful yourself. Cause at the end of the day, I want to help people be successful. Um, and I deal with people and we're all, you know, have our, our challenges and all have the things that are, you know, difficult for us to navigate. And so my job is to help people, um, help themselves. When you work with Glenn Least, his investment committee leverages over a century of combined experience to grow your money, not your fees. And they invest their personal savings the same exact way they invest your money. Call Glenn Least for a complimentary consultation at 928-225-2474. There's no obligation. Just call 928-225-2474. Or you can also go to WTWealthManagement.com. Tune in next week at the same time for another edition of Intelligent Investing on 97.1 The Big Talker. We'll see you soon. The stock market continues to overcome obstacles like an Olympic hurdler. However, what's worked in the past might not work in the future. Jeff Orvitz here, and even if you've been pleased with your past performance, you may not be able to rely on a rising tide lifting all boats in the waters ahead. Will the investments in your portfolio thrive in the uncharted waters of tomorrow, or will they become the next outdated technology of yesterday? Glenn Least and his investment team at WT Wealth Management are continually looking for new investment opportunities for their portfolio that will define our future lives, such as 5G, autonomous driving, lithium battery storage, healthcare, and more. Glenn can help you implement an investment portfolio that is positioned for 2022 and beyond. Ensure your investments have staying power and a competitive edge. Call Glenn Least today for a free consultation. There's no obligation. Call Glenn at 928-225-2474. That's 928-225-2474.